Effective Living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Now, the message. Lord, you Including my teaching, I trust God that this teaching will impact your life positively in a lot of ways. We've been looking at kingdom principles of wealth creation. So I want to start with some reminders. What is wealth? What is wealth? Wealth is anything that has the ability to constantly generate money for you. Anything that has the ability to constantly generate that means continuously, without end, it brings money to you. Another definition is anything that makes you a rich person for life without a salary. Wealth is defined as how long can you live without a salary. How wealthy you are can be measured by how long can you live without a salary. Is it one month or three months or six months or for life? A wealthy person is someone who can live the rest of his life without a salary. And that is very important if you look into the scriptures. In the book of Proverbs 10, verse 15, scripture makes a very important statement that we want to look at. It said, the rich man's wealth is his strong city. The distraction of the poor is their poverty. The rich man's wealth is his strong city. So, a rich man who has wealth has a strong city. What is a strong city? It's a strong city is a place of security. It's a place of safety. It's a place of protection. So, if a rich man has no wealth, it means he is not secured. He is not protected. Why? Because riches are not permanent. You can be rich today and be poor another day. Proverbs 23 Verse 5, it says, riches have wings. They can fly. He said, will you set your eyes on that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. And this means that there's a word in economics called inflation. The fact that you are rich today does not mean you can be rich tomorrow because inflation affects the value of your money. And so, if all you do is become, become rich, you are not safe and your children are not safe. The rich man's wealth is his strong city. So, God in his wisdom spoke to all of us who are his children more about wealth than about being rich. Deuteronomy 8.18, he said, but you shall remember the Lord your God for it is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is. So the covenants that we walk in, the Abrahamic covenant that was established to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. If you read the book of um, Galatians 3.13, he said, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having, become, having made a, been made a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone who hangs on a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So, Deuteronomy 8.18 is saying that God established a covenant with the fathers. And we're referring to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And the terms of that covenant is that he gives his children power to get 
wealth. And one way to get that wealth is to know the scriptural principles by which you can acquire and become a wealthy person. That is why I believe it's very important to teach on the subject of wealth in church. Because Christians need to know what it takes to become wealthy so they can walk in that realm of of wealth. I see you becoming prosperous. I said, I see you becoming prosperous and wealthy. All the fathers of faith were wealthy people. Solomon, God said to Solomon in 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 12. God said to Solomon, he said, 2 Chronicles 1, verse 12, he said, Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. This was when Solomon asked God for wisdom. He said, Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you, and I will give you riches and wealth and honor. Listen to how God spoke to Solomon. God did not say to Solomon, I'll make you rich and end it there. Because the rich man's wealth is his strong city. Very outstanding city. I will give you riches and wealth and honor. Such as none of the kings have had who were before you, nor shall any after. So there is nothing wrong with being rich. But if all that you aim at is to be rich there's going to be a problem. God wants you to look beyond becoming rich. God wants you to look at becoming wealthy. Because that is where you, you live a really godly life. Then The moment you think about wealth, you think about becoming godly. You know, if all you want to do is to be rich, you stand the risk of being tempted to become ungodly. Because... The desperation to be rich can push you into many ungodly practices. That is why many greedy people just want to be rich. And they die poor because whatever you, you gain through ungodly means will not last. Psalm 112 verse 3, I like the way the Bible puts it. He said, wealth and riches will be in the house of a blessed man. Hallelujah. Maybe we should read it from verse 1 to understand. It said, Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandment. That means the man, the person who honors God is blessed. May you walk in the blessing of the Lord. I said, may you walk in the blessing of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Verse 2, it said, His descendants will be mighty on, on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Look at verse 3. He said, wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. That means that you can be wealthy and be righteous. Hello? You can be wealthy and be upright and be godly. I have come to understand that the more you think about becoming wealthy, the more godly you live. That is why Proverbs 23 verse 4 said, do not, stra- do not st- stress yourself just to be rich. Do not stress yourself just to be rich. Because becoming rich is not a safe place to be. It will make you happy today and sad tomorrow. Many of us here can say about our parents, when we were young, they were rich. When we became adults, they are poor. But I declare that you are going to be rich and your riches will outlive you to your children and your, your, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, because you will be a wealthy Christian. In Jesus' name. Proverbs 13, verse 
22, it says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. This is a wealthy person. Wealth is what makes you leave inheritance for your children. And I want to challenge somebody, after struggling all your life, trust God to be so blessed, your children won't go through the same. In Jesus' name, your children will never beg. David said, I've been young, now I am old, I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his children begging. Your children will never beg in Jesus' name. I'm not hearing amen. I said, your children, anybody that is your child, signs your name, will never beg. God will bless them because of you. God will prosper them because of you. In the name of Jesus. Above all, God will cause you to walk in wealth so they can enjoy. In Jesus' name. All right. I talked about three keys, three important keys to wealth creation. The first one is financial intelligence. The second is investment, and the third is divine favor. These three things, if you have a grip on it, you will become wealthy. It doesn't matter who you are, your background, where you are starting from, what you are doing right now. It doesn't even matter your age. So what I'm teaching is not only for young people. Everybody here, you are about to prosper. Hallelujah. You can have a grip on these three important keys. What is financial intelligence? Financial intelligence means knowing a lot about money and how it works in our real life. Understanding the dynamics of the operation of money. You cannot think of becoming a wealthy person, a multimillionaire, and you don't know anything about money except spending it. If all you know about money is salary and spend, you will never become wealthy, I can promise you. You may become rich accidentally, but you lose all the money. Financial intelligence means knowing the rules of engagement concerning the matters and the operation of money. Very important. And it's so easy to learn it. I've thought about it. You need to make time by yourself. If becoming wealthy is important to you, if you really value the need to be wealthy, you will make time and study these things by yourself. Amen. And that is why Jesus taught a lot about it. I've given you many, many scriptures that Jesus, parables that Jesus taught on money. Why? Because he wanted his disciples not to be ignorant concerning the matters and the oppression of money. Financial intelligence, very important. It is not the same as academic intelligence. You can be academically intelligent and financially ignorant, and that is how come our educational system makes graduates salaried workers for life. And every salaried worker is working for somebody who is financially intelligent. I have a book on my, on my shelf. The title is Reasons Why Grade A Students Work for Grade C Students. And most of the greatest entrepreneurs in the world were not, I mean, the most fantastic academicians. Most of them were not scholars. In fact, some of them dropped out of school. But they understand the dynamics of money. And they built great industries and employ the grade A students. It doesn't mean being brilliant in school is bad. I'm just saying that is alone is not enough 
to make you a wealthy person. Please, are you following? The second key to wealth creation, you must be an investor. Investor. Somebody say, I am an investor. I am not a waster. Amen. What does it mean to invest? To invest means to acquire assets. Acquire assets. What is an asset? Assets is anything that has the ability to constantly produce money for you without you working for it. If you need to work to earn it, it's not an asset. An asset is you are not working, but that, that asset is bringing you money all the time. An asset is something you sleep in the night, it is still bringing you money. You wake up in the morning, it's still bringing you money. It is just producing money for you all the time. In a layman's definition, an asset is a money-making machine. Now, when you have that, we will call you an investor. So, an example of an asset is in Genesis 13, verse 2. The Bible says, Abraham was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. Abraham was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. Now, where is Abraham's assets? Livestock. In those days, money was counted in gold, silver, bronze, copper, and cowries. Money was not in paper currencies. So Abraham had money, which is silver and gold. That means highest denominations. Abraham was dealing with dollars and pounds, maybe dollars and euros. But you can steal all of Abraham's money, and he will not be broke. Why? Because of his livestock. He had thousands of cattle, thousands of sheep, thousands of goods. Even up to now, if you have 1,000 cattle, it's a lot of money. Is it true? Yeah. Abraham had it. God blessed his livestock. They were reproducing in, in the thousands. So that was his asset. Even if Abraham goes to sleep, the cattle are reproducing. He had assets. So an investor is somebody who acquires assets. Now, how do you acquire assets? How do you come to that place of becoming an investor? You must know how to save. You must know how to do what? Save. Somebody say, I'm an investor. I'm, an, I'm not a waster. Three things happen to the money we earn. Three things happen to the money we earn. Anytime we earn income, three things can happen to the money. Either we spend all. There's a song that says, money was meant to be spent. That song was composed for poor people. There are people, the only understanding they have of money is blow it. So anytime money comes, it's party time. Drink, eat, they waste the rest. If they don't have any need, they'll carry money and go to town. Praise the Lord. Yeah. There are people who can't keep money with them. It's like, it's a sickness. It's a problem for them to have money and the money will be lying down by itself. It's not possible in their lives. I rebuke that spirit out of your life. In the name of Jesus. That is the spirit of poverty. The spirit of poverty says, spend everything and borrow on top. And so we live beyond our means. We don't plan for tomorrow. We spend into tomorrow. So things you should not be wearing now, you want to wear it now. Okay? So you borrow shoes you are not supposed to be wearing by now. You borrow dresses you are not supposed to be wearing by now. You want to impress people. You want to look expensive, but you know you are not. You want to drive cars you don't have the muscles for. There's time for everything. You must know 
how to, there are times in your life when, you know, a few dresses is okay. Wash them nicely, iron them nicely, and just be happy because you know you are going somewhere in life. Give the Lord a clap for that. Yeah, there are times in your life when single room is okay. Single room is okay. Just stay there. You know that you know that you know that this place is not permanent. So what's the problem? You know it's not permanent. Stay there and save. Don't say, oh, I need to enjoy life. As a single person, three-bedroom apartments. And then you bring your friends who don't have a place to sit. You come and stay with you. Praise the Lord. Sometimes somebody can be squatting with you today, but he's saving against tomorrow. Tomorrow you are going to come and squat with in his own house. Yeah, if you are not smart. You need to know how to save. Yeah, not everything you earn should be spent. If you eat everything you earn, you are being ungodly. Either you spend it all or you save it. When you save money, what happens? You can, you can become rich. But like I said, it's not a safe place. But the good thing is that the money you save, two things can happen to the money you save. Either one day you get up and blow all, which brings you back to point one, poverty. But you're going to gather all that money and you're going to say, I'm investing. You cannot invest when you don't have. So you invest after you saved. I have come to realize that God puts the principle of tithing into scripture to teach us how to save. If you can discipline yourself to tithe, you can also discipline yourself to save. All the people who don't pay tithes in church, if you talk to them, I wish one of them will volunteer. They will tell you the money is not enough. All the people who don't save, they will tell you the money is not enough. So they go together. Once you can't tithe, you can't save. So for you to be a tighter is discipline. And for information, for some of us who pay tight, it's not that the money is enough, but it is an understanding and a discipline that this one, I am giving it to God for my financial future to be blessed. So in my mind, I know the tenth, that is minimum of a tenth of what I earn is not mine. Already in my mind, it's, it's gone. Before the money we arrive, it's gone. Yeah, and when the month ends, whether I have problems, needs, people want help from me, or as for that one, I know it's not mine, it's not for my children, it's not for my wife, it's not for my friends, it's not for anybody, it's for God. And I know that as long as I give it, I'm not wasting it, I'm not lo um, losing it, I am what? Investing it into my own financial future to secure God's divine favor. In the same way, you can go further than the tides. And decide that, look, every month after paying my tithes, the next 10% of what I earned is not mine. It's for the future. I'm going to, no matter what is happening, I'm going to keep it. When you make that decision, you can save. And there are many people I've talked to in my own life and the life of people. It's so wonderful. A time will come, you realize that you are saving more than 20% of your income. And you'll be wondering, how am I living on the rest? It's still not enough, but some way, somehow, God provides. Are you able to save 20%? I, I know people have taught this thing. They are saving 30%, 40% of their income every month. Because, you see, once the rest is not enough, creativity comes in. God gives you ideas about how you can earn more. And sometimes money that come to us, we waste it anyhow. You become smart about it. Anyone who can discipline himself 
to tithe. You know, tithing in the first place, it gives you financial intelligence, ability to calculate how much you earn every month. That's very important for business success. You need to be able to evaluate your profit. How can you calculate, how can you calculate your tithe when you don't know how much you earn a month? So the tithing even brings you back to the process of being able to take stock of how much you make every month. So you are doing some arithmetic, you are doing some percentage because the tithe is 10th, 10%. How can you calculate tithe if you don't know percentage? So you see, you are beginning to learn. A time is coming, you can be able to say, yes, I am saving 10% of my income to invest. I'm saving 20% of my income to invest. Now, why are you saving it? You know that for the sake of tomorrow, I need to save it now. Not everything you earn should be spent. And take it from me. Not everything you earn should be spent. That is the key. There's no rocket science to it. Seven kinds of investments. Then I close. Seven different kinds of investments. If you study the Bible, you come across this. First one is human capital. Human capital means investing in yourself until you become an asset to yourself. That means you can come to the place where without salary, without a business organization, without any investment into any other place, you buy yourself as an individual. For the rest of your life, you can generate income that is enough to make you rich. And I'll give you many examples in, in, in the Bible and in real life. Social capital is the second one. Social capital is investing into your relationships, your networks, and your circle of association. There's a lot you can do with no money in your pocket, but with a lot of relevant association. You can do it. There's a lot you can get by just making a call, depending on the kind of people are within your circle. For instance, if you have a business, the kind of customers that partners your business determine your network, determines how wealthy your business organization will be. That means money hides in people. And never put money above relationship ever in your life. Relationships come first before money. In Luke chapter 16, we saw last two weeks the life of a man who was a manager, who was sacked from work, and didn't know what else to do. Why? Because he did not have any relationships. And sometimes God can make, can bless you by bringing people into your life. Sometimes when you ask God for money, he brings people into your life. Some of these people may be insignificant, but they know somebody who is significant. <laughs> for Joseph, it was a friend in prison. But that friend in prison was so close to the king of the land. He could talk to the king. I have a friend in prison. If you call him right now, he'll solve your problem. You can be very good and rot away because there's nobody to talk about you at the right place. And sometimes the reason why there's nobody, but God brought such people into your life, you saw them as nobody going nowhere. You messed them up. One of the quickest ways to be poor is when you treat people bad. A third kind of investment is business. I've spoken a lot about this. Because business is not buying and selling. It's building an organization that sells your products to prospective customers to make profit. One of the greatest ways to generate the greatest amount of wealth is business. 
the economies of the world is controlled by business organizations. That is why the most prosperous nations are the ones that encourage the growth and the development of business. If you go to every third world poor country, they sabotage business people. In fact, they will collapse your business if you don't support their governments. That's why we are a poor country. The fourth kind of investment is real estate. What is, real estate simply means lands and houses. Real estate means what? Lands and houses. Real estate simply means take the money you have saved, buy land, and keep it for a number of years because the value of the land will go up and then you resell. Simple. Or another way is, after building your house, build houses that you can rent out. Because every year, rent will go up. And, and there are people who only, only means of wealth is houses. There are people who only invest into lands. I met a lady before. She told me her only business is lands. And if you want to go into that, you must study the system, know how to go about this wealth. And she, she knows how to determine what land is genuine and which one is not. Because you have to know these things so that they will not defraud you. Yeah, so she buys land. And this is how she does. She looks at where next Accra is going to develop to. Goes ahead and buys lands, the cheap acres. And then she waits. Just waits. After five years, the place is developing and she starts selling. And if you buy land here 10 years ago, you know that by now the value has increased by probably 500% or something. Because the value of land goes up all the time. So buying lands and investments, buying houses and investments, provided you are not using it by yourself. Your own house is not an asset because it doesn't bring any money to you. It's a liability because you spend money renovating it. That's why everybody here, listen, never plan to build only one house. And never think you have arrived because you just built one house. Now you are disturbing everybody. Build other ones to rent. January, you can just go and visit all your houses, collect rent advance, and say a word of blessing over your tenants, and be smiling all through the year without salary. Salary increment, salary decrement, it's none of your business. People are demonstrating to, boy, hey, so, <laughs> it's none of your business. You're just waiting for January, hallelujah. Then you go again, say, how is everything? Hope everybody is fine, hallelujah. And collect all your money, and that's it. I see you getting there. I see you getting there in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I see you getting there. I see you becoming prosperous and wise in the way you invest your money. Amen. The fifth kind of investment is the money market. Money market um, simply means a place where people who have surplus money, they put their money, and those who have need for money, they go there to take their money and then pay an interest after some time. That's what we call the money market. So it simply means you put your money at a place and somebody else comes to buy it at a higher price. Um, examples are the credit union, which we have in this church, and many people won't patronize because we believe in spending everything we earn. One of the things that can help you save is the credit union. At least every week you come here, they are there. Put in 10 CDs every week. That's 40 CDs a month. That's 480 a year times 10 years, 4,800. You won't know, but before you realize, you've, you have money saved somewhere. And you can take a loan from the credit union. So these little, little things. Other examples of the money market is um, treasury bills. Treasury bills simply means the government is borrowing money, borrowing money from you. If you have money 
in the bank, you don't know what to do with it, buy treasury bills or buy a fixed deposit or go to any of these investment institutions and then invest into mutual funds. All right, the last one is the stock market. The stock market is the place where companies put their shares for sale in, to the public. Now, let me close by saying, if you don't have financial intelligence, you can never invest well. The fact that you invest does not mean you become wealthy. Please, are you here? It is only when you invest in the right places you become wealthy. Are you hearing me? But the only way you can know where are the right places to invest is when you are, number one, financially intelligent. Now, why am I saying this? Because day and night, there are people working around the clock to take your money from you. Everything, everything you worked for for your whole lifetime, somebody is sitting down thinking about how to take it from you. Either through fraud or through deceptive investment programs. And sometimes when you don't know what to do with your money, you have money sitting there. I've met people who have money, don't know what business to do with it. It's better you keep it there than to go to people who also don't know anything and say, what do I do? And they said, do this. In fact, I will help you to do it. And it is only years later you realize in helping you to do it, he took all of it for himself. The only way to protect your money and to invest it well is to have financial intelligence. I pray over your life in the name of Jesus Christ that starting from today, the power of God will begin to work mightily in your finances. You will prosper and come to the place of wealth. In the name of Jesus, you will prosper and come to the place of wealth. Wisdom and intelligence will increase upon your life. God will bless the work of your hands. You will not be a waster. You will be an investor and you will become wealthy. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hope you've been blessed by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024-33-11201. Remain blessed.